Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. They ain't so tough without their guns. That's all I'm saying. They ain't so tough without their guns. Back down. Back down. Spin. Fade away. Not a green, but it's money. That was a tough shot. Jeez. But, hey, even with that shot, we're only winning by one point. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We're not winning at all. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, November 10th. Happy hump day. I'm J.D. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. How's it going, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <laughs> And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us here on a Wednesday live on YouTube. Let's all take a second. Hit the like button on the vid. Make sure you're subscribed. Comment away in the stream team and later in the YouTube comments. And, of course, share the show as we try and make our way to 50,000 subs. We're going to get to last night's three games. We'll touch on all three of them. We're going to hit the beach. Well, beach stepping, answer a few of the questions you guys sent in over the last couple of days, but we start with an update from the uh, big news on yesterday's show, and that is reigning MVP Nikola Jokic has been suspended for one game without pay for forcefully pushing Heat forward Markeith Morris in the back on Monday night. Morris was fined $50,000 for his flagrant two fouls that led to Jokic's retaliation, while Jimmy Butler was fined 30000 for attempting to escalate the altercation and failing to comply with an NBA security interview. <laughs> Jimmy just wasn't going to do it. And so, I don't know, maybe they tacked on another 15 K for all we know. So no suspensions for Morris or Jimmy, uh, but Jokic gets the one game lately. You thought maybe two mm-hmm. on yesterday's show. A lot of us were saying one in the end, it's one, uh, anything to add to this fallout. Well, I, I think it's fair that Jokic gets a game. I think Morris probably deserves a game as well, simply because Jokic just doesn't do what he did if it wasn't for what Morris did first. You know, the instigator, and it was a dangerous play. There's no question that what Markeith Morris did was silly, and it could have been, uh, you know, could have potentially injured Nikola Jokic. The reaction, as we talked about yesterday, the retaliation, it's a little, probably a little bit too far, but in the heat of the moment, those things can happen. And so I think the NBA took some lenience into it because they were like, that was a pretty nasty thing that that, that uh, Morris did. And the, the funniest thing is still seeing like, and I understand, you know, if you're on Morris's side or you're a Heat fan, most of those people are saying, oh, he didn't do anything wrong. You know, what's going on? This is crazy. Jokic just unprovoked. It simply wasn't the case. I mean, Nikola Jokic did what he did in retaliation to being hit with a dirty shot from Mark Eve Morris. And I think most neutral observers would agree that's the case. As far as Jimmy Butler being fined $30,000, you may as well find him 10 bucks. It doesn't make any difference there. But I will say, looking back at what Jimmy did, you know, 
the, the Morris and the Jokic stuff was heat of the moment. But then Jimmy sort of saying, I've got this circled on the calendar. He wanted to fight everyone in the arena, wanting to go to their locker room. Yeah. I think that deserves a little more punishment than, than a, a token amount of money that is just nothing to him. Does he get suspended? Maybe not. But remember, he did the same sort of thing with TJ Warren saying, next time I see you, I'm going to get you. And I think that has to be taken into account a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, because... but what happened? Next time I see you, I, I'm going to get you. I just, <laughs> I, just, I just don't think that, you know, again, once things have at least calm down somewhat you've got a guy who's saying well I'm, I'm going to get these guys back I think the uh, mm-hmm. the NBA may want to just have a little bit more of a look at that rather than just again $30,000 find him $500,000 doesn't make still any difference he just signed a $180 million contract but that stuff can potentially lead to more down the road but anyway as far as the actual suspension fine with Jokic I did think he may have got a second uh, game there he didn't I think Morris being fined 50,000 the same thing it doesn't that doesn't do anything I think he was uh, deserving of at least a one game suspension okay. as well um, the emotions from this skirmish it spilled onto social media <laughs> as the brothers of uh, both NBA players they weighed in now we didn't get to this on yesterday's show I guess it was sort of happening almost mm. while we were live on the air we had Marquis twin brother Marcus Morris he chimed in on Twitter um basically saying Jokic's shove against his brother from behind was shady and that he will remember it. Okay, I think he used the Noted. emoji, a uh, little note pen thing there. Yeah, he's uh, he's putting it in wow. his any.do app. Yeah. Now, that prompted Jokic's brothers, not NBA players, uh, to open a Twitter account named at Jokic Brothers, <laughs> and it has been confirmed. It is absolutely them to respond to Marcus. Now, they tweeted. Uh, I say they. I don't know which brother actually was doing the tweeting, but it said, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Jokic Brothers, they signed their first tweet ever. Uh, so, yeah, this, I mean, of course, this is an NBA Twitter wet dream task where stuff like this goes down, uh, where we have the Morris Brothers talking on Twitter and now the Jokic Brothers, because Jokic is not on Twitter himself, but anyway. Anything to add to the hilarity here? Will we get a Survivor Series matchup between the Jokic Brothers and maybe the Morris Twins and maybe Jimmy Butler? Yeah, the Jokic brothers have been named or made a bit of name for themselves over the last couple of years. You know, they're hanging with uh, Nicola at the MVP ceremony. Uh, they are some tough dudes, but I'm not sure about their computer literacy because their avatar is still just an egg. Yeah. Uh, so you had to confirm. Yeah, reporters had to give them a call and say, hey, is this you guys? I know you signed at Jokic <laughs> Brothers, but I'm not totally sure. Uh, Nemanja and Strahinja, those are the, those are the bros of Nikola. Those dudes are tough. I mean, it would be a great battle. You could have a three on two, you know, Marcus and Markeef. And then they went back and forth a little bit even more on Twitter. Uh, but uh, they were in the crowd, so I don't think they really had the capabilities to start their Twitter account right then. I'm just, I'm just assuming. <laughs> I think they had to go home, get on a desktop, or call somebody else to start it up. But uh, I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, it kind of. There was just a lot from that. I think the the court of public opinion, I think, saved Jokic from getting a, a second game because everybody saw the fact that the replays showed that Markeith hit him. You know, if this was maybe 20 years ago, maybe we just see the retaliation and maybe Jokic does get two games. But all the replays show uh, Markeith did something. And I think there was enough people saying, hey, Markeith hit this guy. So I think there was enough, you know, backing from that side to save Jokic a game. 
And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler's going to do his thing, right? Like, it's, it's, it's just him sort of putting a deposit for later in the season saying, I got your back, boys. This is just like a tip into the big coffee tip jar. Just saying, <laughs> hey, guys, like, we're, you know, the, he just does this thing. He just does it. Just, just so everybody knows that he's got their back. And that's, that's all that was. He was just sitting there like, shit, I should do something. I'll stand up and yell. Yeah, I mean, they play pretty soon, which is nice. I like that. Because usually something like this happens, Trey, and then we look at the schedule right away, and we go, oh, they don't play till March again, especially with an East and West team. They play at the end of November. Like, it's pretty soon. November 29th, Nuggets travel to Miami to uh, play the Heat. So who knows uh, how many brothers will be in attendance. That's what I want to know. And you said three on two tasks. We could do that. No, we can't. You've seen the Jokic brothers. They're too uh, big. They're a weight yeah. class up from the Morris they, brothers, I think. The Morris yeah. brothers have to have a Jimmy on their team. Maybe a Kyle Lowry play the Philadelphia angle. I don't know. But uh, I got to have somebody else. It's got to be three on three because those guys are giants. The one of them's somehow bigger than Jokic, who is <laughs> uh, <laughs> a mammoth man. But Trey, yeah, what'd you think of the, uh, the Twitter beef going on here? Well, let me tell you, Skeets, I'm buying this beef, no doubt about it. A couple of twins throwing down with a couple of big beefers. Um, I don't know. Honestly, the Jokic brothers, once they started tweeting, I thought they were a lot less tough. You don't start a Twitter account if you're a tough guy. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Right? I mean, like, and honestly, like, people were sleeping on this. How come nobody had Jokic Brothers already as a meme account? Yeah. Mm. Couple of missed opportunities there. Talking tough on Twitter doesn't impress me, but I will be excited uh, for this game. Anytime you've got a game marked down on your schedule, gives you something to get excited for uh, in the middle of the season. I think the right call all around. Uh, Morris's hit was a dirty hit. That's why he got a flagrant too. But if Jokic doesn't react, it just ends at a flagrant too. He's ejected. That's probably the right call there. And then Jokic, what he did was a dirtier hit on Morris. So I'm fine with him getting a game suspension here. And yeah, Lee, you're saying 30,000 bucks is nothing, but that's 1,500 cups of big face <laughs> coffee. And you saw how long it takes Jimmy Butler to make yeah. those. Mm-hmm. He's got to get up at 4 a.m. to start working out. So if he's going to make 1,500 cups of coffee, make his money back. He's pulling a bunch of all-nighters here, so mm. I will be happy when this story is over until we get to the fight uh, again down in Miami, and then it'll be fun for another couple of days. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for November 29th, like I said, which I think is a Monday, too. It's not a, for us at least, Lee, it's not buried on a Friday night or a right. Saturday, you know. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the 29th is a Monday, so that is exciting. And again, I hope we have the Jokic brothers there. And we have uh, Marcus Morris. I don't know where the Clippers are playing that particular night. Um, yeah, we're seeing a photo here of uh, of the bros on both sides there of Jokic. Okay, maybe I exaggerated. Not as big as Nikola Jokic, but yeah. pretty damn close. I just hope they all come uh, trotting into the arena on the back of the horse. You know, the harness races uh, horses like Nikola Jokic <laughs> does. That, that that would be the way. Like the cavalry is coming. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I will say, I wonder what would have happened in terms of how many games Jokic would have got if if Morris was let's say stretched out uh ultimately from that game like he they, they brought it out he he's he's either playing it up or he's legit hurt I mean there was some whiplash don't get mm-hmm. me wrong like his neck snaps back because he wasn't expecting to get you know hammered in the back from Jokic if he's taken off on a stretcher and and he's out I don't know for for games I wonder if the the punishment is more severe I'm glad he's you know, not injured, and he's going to continue to play by all accounts. But uh, I do wonder because it reminded me. Did you guys ever hear like urban legends? Because I'm convinced that's what they were, but maybe they weren't. Of like, there's a kid being bullied at school, and then 
he has enough and he pushes the bully back, but the bully like trips and then smokes his head off like the ceramic water fountain and is like, you know, suddenly like paralyzed. And it's like, oh my God, like what has just happened here? This is what, like, this is sort of what could have happened here had it been somehow worse with uh, Marquise Morris. Do you ever hear stories like that growing up in high school? I, that basically of... happened to Scottie Pippen's brother. That's how he is was it? paralyzed almost Jesus. the exact same way. Okay, uh, well, the whiplash of it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why you don't hit people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> that's a super dangerous thing. Yep. Okay. I think uh, we can move on from this. Like you said, Trey, we'll be talking about it again, I'm sure, as we get closer to that 29th date between the Nuggets or Heat. Or maybe just when the Jokic brothers tweet again. Uh, I did like that they followed only Jamal Murray. <laughs> Let me get in on this real quick here. Because they can't follow their brother. Uh, they need an avatar. They need an avatar. Yeah. Oh, I think it's better without one, actually, because then it's just like that's still that mystery about them, even though... Their handle is Jokic Brothers, and then they sign it off. Jokic yeah, Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's like one step removed from Paul Pierce tweeting a photo yeah. of a rocket ship or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just using the emoji. They yeah. they don't really know how to use the technology, but mm-hmm. they're they're trying just so they can uh, uh, get their their shot in at Marcus Morris. And I think Marcus Morris sort of tried to wrap it up right by saying his mom said, yeah. you know don't do this shit on social media." Yeah, <laughs> in so many words, which his sounds mom. to me like his mom said. Well, you did push him first. I mean, well, that's that, well, what that, it that like was to me. Marcus. She was talking to. Are you saying his mom, her, their mom, can't even keep track of them? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get to the games from last night. We'll start with the uh, first game on the docket: Giannis and Grayson Allen leading the Bucks past the shorthanded 76ers. Uh, took care of business. Down the stretch, but it was close for a good chunk of the game. But Trey, big takeaways from this one. A lot of players were out in this one, Skeets. You tweeted about it. Lopez, Middleton, DiVincenzo out for the Bucks. Embiid, Simmons, Curry, Thibel, Harris, Joe out for the Sixers. <laughs> Probably easier to list who did play, and you nailed a couple of the big ones there. Giannis played 31 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists. Had a great dish late to Grayson Allen, who also played. Great game, 25 points, 10 in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Hit a dagger three off that pass from Giannis with about a minute 30 left. Put the Bucks up by seven. And Andre Drummond, he played for the Sixers. So JD, my man, roll that beautiful beef footage. Andre Drummond had 20 rebounds. That's back-to-back beefs. <laughs> That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. My big beefy boy came through again, back-to-back beefs, and this is legit back-to-back, back-to-back nights for Andre Drummond, 25 uh, on Tuesday night, or wait, I guess that was Monday Monday. night, and 20 on Tuesday night. Uh, That's his 86th beef of his career, as you know. Uh, Rudy Gobert did a back-to-back beef this year as well, first two games of the season, but... He had a day off in between. So a little more credit to Andre Drummond. He's also the first Philadelphia 76er with back-to-back 20 rebound games since who? Here's a hint. This guy took a hilarious media day picture, not with the Sixers, with another team. Wow. It's a weird one. Yeah, you don't think of this guy as a big-time rebounder, but a large man in 2008 uh, hit the glass. Big Davey Davis didn't play for Philly. Not a sixer. Uh, this oh, guy, not a sixer. 
Right. Andrew no, Bynum? A fair, a fair guess. Uh, but this, my last hint for you is that this guy's uh, media day picture was with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, Dallenbear? Samuel Dallenbear. Wow, yeah. what a collie. Yeah. yeah, 2008, he had back-to-back 20 rebound games. I focused on the tips for that Andre Drummond beef there. Some beef tips, if you will. People were going crazy for his offensive rebounding last night. He had seven boards, and people were basically saying he has better touch on the one-handed tips than he does basically anywhere else. Hmm. And it's hard to deny. He has yeah. some gorgeous tips there, but honestly, hard-fought loss for the Sixers. You know, this one could have been an Big time stinker, but Philly played super hard, kept it close until the fourth quarter. The crowd gave him a round of applause. They played so hard being down shorthanded, but they just ran out of gas. Basically because Giannis took over there in the fourth quarter. Nine points, eight rebounds, three assists for Giannis in the fourth, and all of his assists were three for three-pointers. And part of that, I think, is that Grayson Allen has been a perfect fit next to Giannis under the radar signing uh, for the Bucks, but he moves around the ball. He finds out how to get open. And so far, he's shooting 41% from three on about eight attempts. I don't know if Dante DiVincenzo will still have a starting spot whenever he gets back because Grayson Allen has been awesome. Also, just great poise from Giannis. Like, he was either going to the hoop if George Niang was guarding him, and that was an easy bucket. But if they found a way to get the ball out of his hands or if it was a bit of a scramble playoff after an offensive rebound, just taking it slow, looking around, finding the wide open guy, Chuck it to him, knock it down for a three. Game's too easy for Giannis right now. The guy's incredible. Were you impressed, Tass, with the the fight the Sixers did put up, despite being uh, very shorthanded? Of course. This is a moral victory. If there is a moral victory in the NBA, this is one, for sure. 80% of their salary was out. That's how much they had to depend on guys that were deep down. Yeah, Derek Bodner with that stat. And uh, the fact that a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who's filling in for Ben Simmons, looks this good this early in his career, year number two, he's been steady uh, over the past eight games, 16.6 points on great percentages. It's not just a a quick little stint, 53% from the floor and 50% from three over that span. And uh, I think everybody loves him. I mean, again, this this team is just coming together. George Niang, we talked about as a, yeah, the Niang gang, everybody loving him. But I think Niang not only a, a solid basketball player, but might be a writer. He said this about Tyrese Maxey after the game. There's been plenty of times where someone is yelling, Tyrese! And he looks, his hair swinging. He listens. He doesn't ever complicate things. He just goes up there and he goes even harder. I mean, he's, he's a writer. I, I believe in this Sixers team. They just, they just, <laughs> he's uh, a it's something that I, I would want to write. His hair swinging. Uh, but it, the Sixers just love each other. The fact that back-to-back nights to be able to fight against this Sixers team. And uh, yeah, the, I think the foresight of the Bucks front office to go and trade for Grayson Allen when, you know, they didn't have any more room. They've signed Drew Holiday to a monster deal, Middleton to a monster deal, uh, as well as Giannis, obviously. So they had to trade. They traded for him in the offseason from Memphis, signed him to an extension before he played a game, and he's been playing great. And uh, I always think of him as a two-name guy. It's Grayson Allen. It's not Grayson. Yeah, totally. It's not Allen, yeah. right? But Giannis said after the game, Grayson did a great job of getting to the right spot. I just think of, like, babies because I know – I know of friends <laughs> friends who've named their kids Grayson, so yeah. say the name Grayson, but I've never heard Grayson Allen say, hey, Grayson is, Grayson's good. Grayson's cute. Uh, but he he did he is filling in perfectly as uh, the, the, the dunker spot, the three ball spot. That's a, that's a great pickup and an extension even before he plays a minute. So that's a smart move there by uh, John Horse in the front office. Yeah, this game was for the sickos, let's be honest, Lee. <laughs> because, you know, we're talking about Grayson Allen here and, 
Ojale hit three threes and Jordan Noir looked pretty good. And then, yeah, all the Sixers, you got Tyrese Maxey, sure. We know about him. Uh, the, the Niang Gangbang. Charles Bassey got five minutes. People are like, who? Uh, Paul, don't call me Patrick Reed. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, Reggie Miller. Uh, <laughs> <so> he's got, <laughs> he, he Patrick called him, Reed is a golfer, is that right? I think so, yeah. So he called poor Paul Respect. Reed, Patrick Reed. And then I saw on the top five plays of the night on NBA.com, on their YouTube page, Jared Greenberg. He's calling him Patrick Reed with the big block. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, once you start doing it, you start like thinking it's his name. It just feels more natural than a Paul. But anyway, the point is, Lee, yeah, all these guys. What I kept thinking watching this from the Sixers side of things is, hmm, are there other teams, other GMs watching this game going, huh, maybe we could get that person also in a Ben Simmons trade. Maybe they could throw in, you know, player X to mm-hmm. then make it happen. I don't know. That's kept crossing my mind. But what do you think of this? Yeah, one? well, the game doesn't wait for anybody. And Tyrese Maxey right now is out there saying, you know what? I don't care if Ben Simmons isn't playing. I'm going to try to make the most of this opportunity yeah. and show that maybe I can be a starting point guard in this league. I don't think he's quite there yet, but he was certainly full of confidence last night, hitting uh, all the shots he could, all those little mid-range doodars. They were dropping in. And it was, uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, the Sixers look like they are really playing together. They were, you know, so shorthanded last night. The Bucks are too. But they fought. And this game could have gone Philadelphia's way. If it wasn't those last couple of minutes, Big Bobby hit a big three in the corner. And uh, and Giannis sort of just did what he had to do. The, the Bucks obviously aren't playing their best basketball right now, but they had the best player. And he showed that uh, in the end. But this was a pretty tight game for the most part. Uh, Furkan couldn't really hit a shot last night. If he hits a couple, maybe that's a bit of a different story. But fun game, all things considered. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was worried. I was like, this is going to be boring or ugly yeah buck's gonna dominate them and and they and they did it and it was pretty entertaining you get all these fun little contributions again maybe for the sickos out there but it was a close game uh down the stretch let's go to the hawks losing another one caca sad caca donovan mitchell scored 27 jazz pulled away to beat atlanta 110 to 98 i believe that's five losses in a row for the uh for the hawks Tass. i don't know if you want to start with them or the jazz looking like the Utah Jazz. Yeah, well, it's finally a a good team that the Hawks lose to, so it doesn't feel all that terrible. And they played better. They had a lead late, and then the Jazz, who are a great team, pulled away. And they're coming for the Warriors' number one spot in the Western Conference right here, right now. They're going to steal it. They're number two. Ten of their next 12 are at home where they're unbeaten. And it's kind of like a flip of the Warriors' schedule, who have had a Mm. home-heavy, softy schedule. The Jazz have had a road-heavy schedule, four home, seven road, and uh, they don't have a back-to-back where Mike Conley doesn't play half of it for a while. I think that's around Thanksgiving, and that's against the Pelicans. So the Jazz are coming for that number one spot. I think America will be sitting around the Thanksgiving table and saying, you know, the Warriors started hot. They were number one. Everybody <laughs> talking about Steph. Uh, but soon, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert will take that number one spot. And I'm not sure if people are going to be talking about no, the Jazz at the not. Thanksgiving <laughs> Unless you live in Salt Lake City. Yeah, Uh, yeah, they are not America's team. They're not. But uh, I think they look like like the best Western Conference team, even though everybody's on uh, Steph and and the Warriors. Mm -hmm. I think the Jazz will be there, and I think they're playing so, so well as a team. The way they pulled away in the fourth quarter is the sign of a championship team. They've got Miami coming to town, so that'll be that'll be fun. Maybe America will be talking about the Miami Utah game in a couple of weeks. Uh, probably not, but uh, I think the Jazz are 
you know, they're ready to take that one hole because they are playing together. Uh, and it's not just Donovan Mitchell anymore. It's, it's, it's a squad. You know, you got your, your Boyans and you got your Conleys and you got your Mitchells along with Rudy playing well. And your other Rudy, uh, Rudy Gay, should be coming soon for their mm. bench to help out Hassan Whiteside, who is playing like a beast. He's, He's playing, playing so well. great. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a new man. You get a minimum contract. You're a new man. I think yeah, I think he's helped. I mean, they went from Derek Favors last year, you know, nine million, whatever it was, to a minimum guy, uh, and uh, yeah, he's playing extremely, playing well in space. They're they're just telling him what to do, and he's listening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bench is great. I mean, Jordan Clarkson obviously coming off the bench. He had a good game last night, sixteen points. Whiteside, like you said, he gives you twenty minutes now, and he's like flirting with a double double. Joe Ingles, who I feel like he's had a quiet year. Am I crazy to to think mm-hmm. that Lee? But you know, we know he can pop off. And then even Eric Pascal is getting some minutes probably without Rudy there. He's taking up some of those off the bench. So Jazz are great, but none of it will matter until we get to the playoffs. We said that at the start of the season. I think it still uh, holds true. But what about the Hawks, Lee? Now 4-8. and eight. Do you think we could be seeing them possibly fire Nate McMillan and rehiring <laughs> Lloyd Pierce? <laughs> and just uh, see if it works yeah. again after the slow yeah. start? Yeah, look, it has been a, a bad start for the Hawks. A little bit shorthanded last night. That doesn't really mean matter anything, though, when you're in Utah. It's one of the toughest places to win no matter what during the regular season. But just defensively, they just seem to be a little bit off right now. Um, they haven't certainly carried that momentum that I thought they would have had from the playoffs last season. They just haven't looked like a very strong team. They don't look like a team that made the Eastern Conference Finals right now. So they need to uh, get on track and get a couple of wins here. They have had a fairly... You know, they've, they've played some tough teams already. This is the second time they played the Jazz in a week. You know, Jazz are one yeah. of the best teams, of course. So, you know, they've had that. But, but I they thought have... the Hawks were supposed to be one of the best So did I. So did I. Uh, but they just can't win uh, on the road. That's their problem. They've played eight road games and they're one and seven uh, Atlanta right now. So, and last night we saw, like, Danilo Gallinari was good in the playoffs for the Hawks last season. He was good for the Thunder in the season before that. But regular season Gallo, man, he looks about a thousand years out old there out on the court. He's just far too slow. He had to get a few extra minutes last night because they were missing Hunter and Bogdanovich but he his minutes were bad minutes there for the Hawks so uh, they will be okay they'll, they'll get a few wins together soon but they're in the midst of a tough stretch as well they've got the Warriors obviously the Jazz I think they play the Suns and maybe the Nuggets as well on this trip so they're going to find themselves in a bit of a hole but I think they're better than what their record suggests right now but it's just uh, it's tough to find too many positives though because Teams score easily, and they can't score enough against other teams' defenses. Yeah, Aaron here in the stream team actually taking my idea to the next logical step is the Hawks have to fire Nate, rehire Lloyd Pierce, then fire Lloyd Pierce, and rehire <laughs> Nate McMillan to then turn the season around. You're right, Aaron. Thank you. We, were, we eventually got there, so maybe that'll be happening if they continue this slow start trade. Anything to add to the Hawks-Jazz game from last night? I think that the Hawks need to show a little bit more urgency here. Basically, Trey Young said that the regular season is boring now after going to the conference finals last year. Uh, he's saying, hey, it's not a big deal. We're not 4-20. and 20. Fair enough. I think that's fine long-term perspective, but you got to win some of these games and you got to give a little bit better effort here. Capella doesn't look like himself right now, so he's not able to cover up the mistakes that are happening on the perimeter because it's a blow-by fest uh, out there for the guards, you know. Uh, so they beat uh, Trey Young off the dribble, get onto the inside, kick it out for a wide open three. That happened time and time again last night uh, against the Jazz. 27th in defense right now. You're not going to win any serious kind of games uh, playing that kind of defense this year. All right, our final game from last night. There's only three on. 
Uh, Paul George scored 24. Clippers beat the Blazers to extend their win streak. Uh, they're playing good basketball right now. They're up to five in a row, six and four overall. Paul George did get some help, though, Lily last night. He was great, got in foul trouble. He had 24 points, and Phil at the box score sort of flirted with a triple-double. But Reggie Jackson added 23, and Batum, season-high 22. I think he hit six threes. Uh, as the Clippers continue to win here, and Blazers continue to struggle, especially on the road. Yeah, Nick Batum's been shooting a good ball all season uh, with the six threes there last night. I think he's up to 60% for the month. And Reggie Jackson with the 23 there because Paul George was good, but he was in the foul trouble. And you know, he and Damian Lillard, there's a good beef history between those two. So this one had a real you know, battle out uh, between these guys who was going to get the win. And the Clippers, they have won five straight now. They've beaten the Timberwolves, the Hornets. And uh, and somebody else in between. Thunder, I think it was in between that. So you know, not tough, but um, they've the Blazers were their toughest team that they had to beat. It was a good game. It looked like we were going to get some little time there in the fourth quarter. He yeah. hit his first four shots when he checked in. Then he picked up. Looked like a bit of just a sort of mid-body strain or something on on a, on a play there. He looked almost a bit like LeBron there that he was feeling it in the in the midsection, uh, and he kind of cooled off after that. So uh, that really, in the end, uh, cost him. And the fact that Paul George hit the game ceiling three-point play over Lillard, he was pumped up about that. Um, so good win for the Clippers. The Blazers, I don't think they've won on away from the uh, away from Portland yet, and that's just tough for them. Right. I just. Yeah, it's just it sort of went as expected. I think the, the Clippers are a better team than their record right now, and I think the Blazers are just in. Uh, they're just they're just sort of not really going anywhere this season. Um, so tough to see where they improve from here. Everyone had a shot at Paul George last night. Normie Powell, uh, um, CJ was on him, Lillard was on him. But when Paul George has got it going, he's he's an incredible player because he's so talented. He's long. He's got that way of sort of slithering into the lane as well when he needs to. Uh, so good win for the Clippers, back on track, but again, fairly winnable games that have uh, that have that have led to these five straight. Yeah, he's slithering into the lane and slithering up the MVP chats. He's got to be up there at six yeah. and four for the the clip. They started you know, with a really tough schedule. Now they've won five in a row, and and they talk about him. I think within that Clippers locker room as their leader, as their MVP guy, like Batum. Yeah, had a twenty-two point night, and all he said post game was, you know, we just needed to, you know, tread water with Paul George on the bench until Paul got back on the floor. We just had to do it until Paul got back. And that's, that's sort of the focus now. They, they all sort of circle around Paul George without Kawhi Leonard there. So the longer Kawhi stays out, the more the Paul George MVP talk should be real the way he's playing. And Ooh. he is at the table as Get we're showing table. you the deep dish pizza in Chicago that we waited 90 minutes for. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least. At least. Yeah, it was a while. Paul George should be in this conversation for at least 90 more minutes. I think he should be in the conversation for deep into the season. Uh, That's the question. We said this in the preseason, Trey. We said Paul George will be at the MVP table through the first couple weeks, maybe months, maybe a little bit more. Can he he stay there or will he have to take a piss and leave the table and someone (laughs) take a seat? Because he's awesome. I mean, his usage percentage, highest it's ever been of his career. That's pretty wild. He's averaging 26.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, shooting, you know, 36%, I think it is, from three. He's, he facilitates for this team. He's the closer for this team. He's one of the best defensive guys on this team, maybe in the league still on the wing position. So he's there, but yeah, can he... Can he remain there is, is the is the cue. Maybe he'll finish top five in MVP voting. Does I, that I can think... constitute a seat at the table for the yes. entire season? Yeah, sure. that would. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, I've been impressed with the Clippers. Uh, five straight wins. It's basically just been 
finally hitting some threes, and that's kind of the Clippers' MO for this season. They're going to be playing small and getting up as many threes as they can. Last year, they shot over 40% as a team, so that's a huge chunk of offense. If he's shooting the ball, if he's getting those deep dishes out to the other players, piling up assists, he had seven last night, thought that was pretty nice playmaking. Sure, I think he's a second team all NBA or skates. You know I like to keep track of where exactly they are on the teams. It's not just all NBA to me. There are levels to this. But he was great last night, no doubt. Reigning player of the week, cool for him. And also Reggie Jackson, I thought, was unstoppable in the fourth quarter. He was just living in the lane. Yeah, I mean, I know you're going to start seeing those MVP lists soon here as we get a couple weeks into the season. We said, I guess, on yesterday's show, I mean, Curry's there. Jokic is probably there. Durant is there. Jimmy Butler is probably still there with the Heat record to start the year. Giannis has to be in the mix. Well, that's five. And then, yeah, it's Paul George, DeRozan. Is it Mitchell or Gobert for the Jazz? Is Embiid in the conversation? John Morant? I mean, there's a ton. Luka with the numbers he puts up on a team that is winning games, even though we think the Mavs are basically 2-8. and eight. They're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so will he be there top five at the end of the year? He's been there before, hasn't he? Finished third one year. Yeah. Um, that was an OKC year there, so. I wouldn't say. I, I think Jokic may not be at that table, although he was my no, pick maybe for not. MVP. Just yeah. the way things are going, we'll get to the Michael Porter news. That's going to hurt them a lot. But I think Paul George can stay at the table you know, for the whole season, especially if he has a corner table like us. No need to get up to go pee. <laughs> you can have a sneaky little pee under the table there. Oh, that was, oh, yeah, no one will see. No one will see, Paul. Um, with Lillard, you said like that, that little injury he maybe picked up in this game, Lee, and there's been a lot of talk. Maybe he is injured, and that's continued from the summer and stuff like that. He looked perturbed post-game, and his comments about the off-season rule changes to try and take away players relying on non-basketball moves to draw fouls, this might might raise some eyebrows. This is what he said, quote, I feel like the way the game is being officiated is unacceptable. I don't want to go too deep into it, but the explanations and stuff that is getting missed, I felt like coming in the rule change wouldn't affect me because I don't trick the referees. I don't do the trick plays. Uh, I a little bit more to I say, didn't but... rig shit! <laughs> so, I mean, he shot 11 for 23 last night, okay, but he only took one free throw attempt, and his free throw attempts are way down compared to his, you know, his average over the last couple of years when he's been a, a superstar player. Yet, weird comments, I thought. Yeah. Uh, the guy's obviously frustrated with himself and with the record, especially away from uh, the Moda Center. But, uh, yeah, anything anything you would add to what he was saying? He looked perturbed is the yeah. best way to put it. Yeah, yeah I, I think, again, yeah, he's struggling by his standards. The Blazers obviously are struggling, so he's frustrated and they're sort of looking for a reason. And I think he's right. I think he is one of those players that didn't use that sort of embellishment stuff to get cheap, easy free throws in the past. But we also know that NBA players complain almost every time they're called for a foul. So you can't then complain if fouls aren't getting called. You can't have it both ways. You, you know, you've got to say, okay, the, the game is being uh, officiated differently this year. We all knew that. We all knew that coming in, that they're not going to be calling a lot of those uh, fouls that are maybe touch fouls or people trying to get the call. So, you know, if you're going to then complain, well, fouls aren't getting called, then you can't then complain later on if they were to change it back and say, well, now other guys are getting fouls that aren't really fouls. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it seems to me that, you know, people are complaining about it, but how many times throughout the course of an NBA game do you see a guy get called for a foul and he's like, what do I do? I didn't touch him. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. So, you know, I think, again, I've said it all season long. I think the game is incredibly more fun to watch right now. I think there's a lot more contact being allowed. I think it's the right direction the league is going in. 
maybe some people are getting fouled and they're not getting called for it that they might have gotten in the past. I'm okay with that. I, I right. think I think less fouls and a little bit more benefit of the doubt going to the guy committing the foul or or the contact is better for the game. So I, I you know, disagree that uh, you know that the game is 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 worse or anything like that right now. Yeah. If, I'm like trying to figure out his comments here. From what I can tell, he's saying, I thought the rules, the emphasis from the officials was going to be on all this like trickery, like the jumping into guys sideways, stopping on a dime and having them running into your ass. All these things, you know, the up and unders that we've seen from Harden before, like, okay, that made sense to try and get rid of that. But then what Lillard is saying is it's, it's swung too far. And now I get, again, I, I'm putting words in his mouth, but like I'm getting bumped, I'm getting hit. And they're not calling just normal plays in his mind fouls anymore. Is that, do you think I have that right, Tass? Is that what he's saying here? Like, I don't do this trick shit, but I'm just like getting, I'm getting hit in here and I'm driving in here and nothing's getting called now. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong and whether he's right or wrong, but I think that's what he's trying to get at. Yeah, he's saying the rules that have been inserted into the rule book do not uh, affect me. They're not what happens to me on the basketball floor. I'm not, yeah, doing what these rules are, uh, intended to do i'm just playing basketball and i'm getting hit i'm not uh throwing my body around and mm-hmm. he has a point that more physical play is being allowed it's he, yeah. it, it's totally true you see, you see a lot of physical play on, on the perimeter and uh that was not what the rules were intended to do when they were written in but uh they have sort of extended it to just physical play uh, guys are being allowed to play defense uh, a little bit more you know just sort of you know be in their position and and have a right to a spot on the floor but I do hear what he's saying because it's almost extended to like a little bit handsier. Um, even when guys are just standing still, like I, I bring up the sideline because there's there's plenty of plays when a guy is sort of in the corner and they're getting cornered uh, by a defender and they're getting physical with them and there are no whistles. I, I I'm okay with guys having a right on a drive to be in position and and you know that's the Trey Young sort of hit that defender and flop it away and get a call. Uh, but uh, I hear what Lillard's saying. I, I think the, the referees and Monty McCutcheon has said as much that we are trying to swing the pendulum back even uh, a little bit from where we swung it all the way in this, you know, these first 15 games. It's gone a little too far. So we are trying to take away a, a little bit of the physicality. Although it's, it's fun and it's great to watch and there's less whistles, I'm sure I, I, a lot of the smaller guards like Lillard are moving towards uh, defenders and getting hit. And it's not because he's flopping, but it's because he's he's getting hit. And, uh, yeah, defenders just have a little bit more leniency these days. They can get away with a little bit more. Trey, what do you think? Uh, James Harden kind of said the same thing. I mean, we know that he is more of a trickster than Damian <laughs> Lillard is. But he said basically the exact same that, yeah, there are these new points of emphasis, but also some of these fouls should still be fouls. As the season progresses, will those turn into fouls? It's quite possible but we're almost a month in at this point, so just got to adjust a little bit. You know, yeah. the the foul on a three-pointer I feel like is down this year. I feel like Lillard got a lot of those in the past, and I don't know. This game just seems to have evened out a little bit here. There was a massive advantage for the offense with regards to foul calls for the past five or six seasons. Now it's swinging. That pendulum is swinging, and it seems to be a little bit more fairly tilted towards the defense. Um, but eventually the players on offense, the best in the game, will learn – new tricks and new ways to pick up these foul calls. So once that happens and once Lillard starts getting in the lane and drawing his fouls, he'll go to the free throw line more, but everybody's playing under these rules right now. Free throws are down for basically everybody. So got to figure out a different way to do it. Yeah. 
and you know the truth is here with the Blazers <laughs> it's your defense which sucks ass you know Clippers shot 52% again last night 53 from deep they beat you in the free throw game getting there I guess that is tied into what Lillard is saying a little bit but they need to get some stops Lee I want to see them trade CJ McCollum and I don't know Covington for Ben Simmons and filler make it happen but I wonder now with this investigation into Neil Olshay there in Portland what what impact that has on any deal being made if the Blazers continue to struggle out of the gate you know uh like who is the decision maker in this situation is it just the the next guy in line maybe um but I don't know the 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 more you watch a Portland and you and I we don't need to go over this again because we've said it a million times but it's like what what's the end game here (laughs) with with this current roster um I I, you know I don't know what it is it's not good we know that it's not going to be winning a title so maybe make this move. Try and get Ben Simmons out there. We'll see if they do it. Good luck if they are able to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you got to convince Daryl Morey that CJ yeah. McCollum is the best player you're going to get for Ben Simmons at this point. Yeah. Which might be true. Which, oh, I think so, you? yeah. I yeah. think so. I, I just, if I'm the Blazers and they trade CJ and they get Ben Simmons, I think Blazers fans would riot almost for that myself. But uh, Really? I think so. I think so. I don't think he's the, the answer for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, uh, McCollum hasn't been either. Yeah, I mean, no, I know. I, I ran I, I this know. team back so many times. I, I, I get that, but I, I just look at the situation with Ben Simmons right now. Um, and again, he's a ball handler. Lillard is their ball handler. So unless Lillard's going to be then playing off the ball, which I don't think he would would like to do, uh, I don't think that really changes a whole lot for him. But uh, but it's also again the reputation that Ben Simmons is bringing. If you get the best version of him, great. But we just haven't seen the best version of him for so long well, now. Again, they need some fucking stops. I know they, need they to do. Stop I, somebody I know they do. I know. On the perimeter, he might help on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, floor. of course, he's an upgrade defensively, sure. Oh. But at what expense on the other end of the floor as well? Uh, so okay. I think there's that, that's a thing. I think my issue here is that Neil O'Shea has put a bad team together for so many years. That's why they're in this situation. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. And. and you know, that's the thing. Like like Lillard and CJ, they were drafted. Other than that, I mean, you've got... And they gave up... Remember, they gave up a first-round pick to get Larry Nance Jr. I mean, that to me is like... That's not helping anybody out. So, mm-hmm. you know, the real problem here is, despite whatever's going on behind the scenes there with Neil O'Shea, in terms of his actual performance as the GM there in Portland, hasn't done a good enough job there either. So mm-hmm. that's why the Blazers are just treading water again. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, though, we'll get into some uh, unfortunate NBA news when it comes uh, to a couple guys in the league and their injuries. And we'll hit the beach to answer a few of your questions. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back with No Dunks. Everybody's saying the vocal clarity is crystal clear here on the stream yard today with your boys. So that's happy to hear. Got some news. Some unfortunate news, though I think Tass is up to something with this first one here. <laughs> He's got his uh, voodoo doll out or something here to try and get Ricky Rubio into the All-Star game. But Cavs starting guard Colin Sexton will be sidelined indefinitely after suffering a knee injury in Sunday's action versus the Knicks. The team said Sexton has a meniscus tear in the knee, which will require additional testing and evaluation. They didn't say anything about surgery, but, I mean, he's going to be out for an extended period here. So uh, tough news task for, for Sexton, but <laughs> good news for your Rubio, Rubio all-star case, I guess. There is sure. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if uh, JD planted that Sonos ad just before we talk about Colin Sexton because you mentioned Ricky Rubio going off and MSG sounding great. <laughs> Not quite the acoustics of Barclays Center that was built for concerts, but a pretty good sounding stadium. Uh, Colin Sexton... Yeah, probably out a month or so, approximately. This is, you know, who really knows at this point. But uh, he'll be back. He'll be back in, to earn his contract a little bit later on in the season. Uh, he needs to, uh, you know, play well to try and get an extension. And you might think these Cleveland Cavaliers, they might fall off because he's their leading scorer at 16 points per game. Are you guys hearing an echo, or is that just me? Sorry yeah, to I point was that out. It too. Yeah, echo. What vocal clarity? Boom! I know. We jinxed it. The goes fuck right out of it. gone. Yeah. There it goes. Yeah, it's right up in my ears. So let me turn myself off. Now I feel better. Um, Colin Sexton. Yeah, sixteen points per game. He's their leading scorer because this team does it by committee. They've got sixteen guys between thirteen and sixteen points per game. And so they're fine. They've already had their injuries. Isaac Okoro is going to come back and probably take some of those Colin Sexton minutes. You remember Isaac Okoro, the number yeah. five pick last year? He's missed seven games with a hamstring injury. Plays the two and the three, although Bickerstaff says he's our two. So he'll probably start, I think. Um, but Darius Garland and Ricky Rubio, those guys together have been phenomenal. So I think those two will finish games together. They're averaging about 13 minutes on the floor together per game this year, and they're outscoring opponents by 16 points per 100 possessions. They're blasting teams. Two ball handlers that are comfortable sharing the ball together. I think in a perfect world, uh, without Colin Sexton having been there for a long period of time, I think those are the two guys that you start and finish games with, and Colin Sexton would be your sixth man. That's because I'm a Ricky Rubio lover. Yes, we got some emails uh, the last few days wondering, you know, is Ricky Rubio... The next sort of Kyle Lowry that can just run a team. Even this emailer, a couple emailers even mentioned Chris Paul saying, you know, is Ricky Rubio in that class? Obviously, he's not. Uh, But uh, I think that steady hand of Rubio in his early 30s, 
uh, is good for this Cavs team. I think they'll be fine uh, without Colin Sexton because they've got a lot of depth sitting at seven and four and uh, starting a run at home because they've had a really road heavy schedule. They'll be totally fine. And this is Ricky Rubio's time to shine, but they've just got so many guys playing really, really well. And guys coming back from injury and Okoro, eventually Markin, and eventually Kevin Love. Too much talent on this team. I never thought I'd say that about a Cleveland Cavaliers team, but there's a lot of talent on this team. Do you uh, you buy everything Tass is selling you here, Trey? The Cavs going to be okay, even though losing Sexton, who obviously scored a lot for them last year. He's fallen off a little bit this year, but what do you think? Yeah, I think they'll be fine. It is weird. He's in a strange position where he's leading the team in scoring, but I feel like he's the player you hear the least about on the Cavs, except for now that he is going down with an injury. But yeah, Rubio will step into uh, the starting lineup, and maybe that helps... Uh, with the Cavs as well, because right now Colin Sexton is averaging more turnovers than assists. As we know, he's out there to try and get some buckets. Um, so I don't know, you know, maybe losing the depth of having a top tier player is a problem for the Cavs, but I think they'll be able to just slide Rubio into the starting lineup and roll from there. Yeah. John Schumann's pumped about tonight's game. Really <laughs> huge Cavs wizards game mm. tonight. Wait, what? A line so great, Schumann used it on the stream team and on his own Twitter account. Wow. Uh, you're right. You're right, John. It's, it's, a, it's a big one here Wednesday night. Uh, anything to add, Lee, to the Sexton well, injury? Yeah, it's an interesting situation there with Sexton because he's a good player. He's a score-first point guard. He's not really a distributor. Uh, but he also seems gettable, but they also sort of don't appear to be trying to trade him either. Right, uh, right. So, you know, where does he fit in? Again, if you're a leading scorer on any team, that's that's a pretty good thing. And, and last year he was over 20 a game. He was 24 a game, up to 27 a game, actually, at one point. <laughs> Zards versus Elias, nice one there. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's a, he is actually actually a part of their long-term future. I think they are going to move on from him, but while they hold sort of the rights here, he's obviously going to be a restricted free agent after this season. They're probably just seeing what the interest is and what they can get out of him because I think Garland is 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 their sort of primary backcourt uh, guard there. Rubio's great now, but he's also 31. So uh, you can get a couple of good seasons out of him, but I think they want to sort of uh, keep going with the youth movement they've got there. Um, and the meniscus, uh, that seems to be one of the, the, the injuries with the biggest variance in how long you're out and if you need surgery or not. Some guys, of course, have been out for best part of a season. It's ended some careers, in fact, but other guys seem to only miss a week or two. So uh, I guess it just depends on the severity of the uh, injury there for him. But I, I think he's good, Sexton. I'm just not sure exactly what his value is and even what sort of a contract he would he would uh, warrant from the Warriors uh, from the uh, Cavs next season I mean you know 60 million four years 60 million I mean something around that I probably he probably gets more than that right more now than the that, current, I mean, yeah. yeah he did score like what did he score last year 24 25 24 points a game, per game yeah. in 60 games I know he just doesn't do much else though no, really and no. he's not he's not even like a big three-point shooting sort of guy he's more a sort of old-fashioned you know uh you know gets the twos and things like that but he also doesn't give you many assists and not a great defender but no, I yeah know. I mean 60 yeah 60 million anyone gets four years and 60 these days so uh <laughs> Hundred? No, oh, you can't get a hundred million. I can't even. Know. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, don't beat yourself up over yeah. it. We'll, we'll get to his contract down the line. We'll see if the Cavs can uh, can take care of the Zards tonight. What do you uh, think about this sexy. here, Lee? It's no longer sex land, just rub land. Whoa. No, I guess I guess Rubland. Uh, <laughs> I like rub land. <laughs> rub land. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I think it works perfectly. Yeah. It's gonna be a sad day for everybody if Colin Sexton actually does leave the Cavs and they have to mm. split up Sexland. I mean, population mm. one at that point. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, okay, another injury news. This got lost a little in the Jokic 
Morris uh, fracas, but Denver Nuggets forward Michael Porter Jr. is going to be out of the lineup for, quote here, the foreseeable future. That's according to head coach uh, Michael Malone. Porter missed all of his rookie season in 18-19 due to back surgery. He left Saturday's game against the Rockets with another back injury after he missed that open layup. You know, we had it as a as a bit of a loser of the weekend. Um, we, we tied it with the Harden glitch there. It was like, whoa, what happens? You don't see an NBA player blow a wide open layup. But he did grab his back. And now we wonder how serious this is for a guy that's had back injuries, Trey. Foreseeable, foreseeable future. Um, you think the Nuggets can survive, especially with no Jamal Murray. It's a little worrisome, no doubt. In the short term, Murray is out. Jokic, MVP calendar, <laughs> calendar, caliber, but they've been playing pretty poorly, the Nuggets have, offensively. They're 24th right now, and a lot of that has been Michael Porter Jr. struggling to start this season. Aaron Gordon's turning it around a little bit here, but you're going to be asking a little bit more from him. And Will Barton has been awesome so far, but I don't know how much more he has to give the Nuggets. So perimeter scoring, I think, is going to be an issue for them uh, as long as MPJ is out. Long term, like you're saying, Skeets, the Nuggets have got to be shaking in their boots a little bit here, having just signed MPJ to a five-year extension after all of the back concerns that brought him to the Nuggets in the first place. The good thing is that the Nuggets say they're being cautious. There's no mention of surgeries or anything like that. Mike Malone said it could be a week. It could be longer. So, you know, we haven't heard anything super bad at this point. That's all good news, kind of, as far as a player being out for a back injury. Those are smart things to do. But it means they probably keep him out longer, which brings us back to the first point. They're going to have trouble scoring uh, from the perimeter out there. Silver lining, MPJ has been brutal this season. Yeah. Right? So maybe a little bit of rest gets him healthier and he comes back looking like the player that they found in the second half of last season when he was lights out and hitting the glass and one of the better shooters outside and looking primed for a big jump this season we haven't seen it yet maybe it's because his back's been bothering him so if he's able to sit out a little get healthy that could help the nuggets in the medium term yeah i mean he was shooting 36 percent from the field 21 percent mm-hmm. from three he had been bad the nuggets are weird though tess they rank near the bottom somehow of the league in offensive efficiency, but they're second defense overall right now. So, yeah, Trey's maybe right here. He's he's out of the lineup, and they can still continue to play especially well on the defensive end. Uh, it's a little strange for this team to be flipped like that in my mind, but what do you think? Yeah, it is totally weird. Uh, and it's a little weird that uh, Michael Porter Jr. didn't have protections put in his contract when he signed that max big deal, like the Sixers put in his con- uh, their contract with Joel Embiid because of the injury history, uh, the, I would think that Denver would want to put in some sort of you know protections for themselves because of the back injuries. Uh, and there was rumors when he signed that extension that there was there was conversations about it, but maybe that's why it took so long because Denver's or I'm sorry Porter's camp just didn't want it to happen, and. Uh, Good for them. He got four years guaranteed plus a partial guarantee in the fifth year. Uh, And as Trey said, that's why they got him. That's why he fell down in draft boards because he's had two back surgeries. And, uh, yeah, I'm no doctor, but, yeah, the herniated discs, uh, what he's had surgeries on, the, the bulging discs way back when. I'm sure can can flare up again as uh, I don't know I don't know if Steve Kerr's a doctor either but Steve Kerr has uh, has repeatedly said if you can avoid back surgery do it mm-hmm. uh, so you know yeah. it's one it's one thing that 
unfortunately, maybe they are being cautious. And maybe they'll be fine offensively because Michael Porter Jr. does not look like himself at all. It's a yeah, terrible start after this contract extension happened. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I assume they're being cautious. I, I assume that that's the case because they just signed him to a deal. That's a monster deal. He didn't get $60 million. He didn't get $100 million. He got a lot more than that. So they're being super cautious with the dude that they want to be, yeah, their, their second or third leading scorer for a long time. And, and their, their GM has said, maybe I love my guys on my team a little too much, kind of like, a, you know, a fantasy GM, you know, or like, you know, a fan of any team, a fan of any team just loves their players. You know, they signed Gordon to a monster deal. They signed Jamal Murray to a monster deal. Uh, and now Porter Jr. is the same. So they're really relying on their guys being healthy. So hopefully he gets back. Uh, they play tonight with no Jokic because of the suspension. No Michael Porter Jr. because of the back injury. And, of course, no Jamal Murray. So uh, we'll have to do the numbers for tomorrow's show, tasks. The amount of salary, the percentage <laughs> that will be sitting out tonight's game. We'll see what the Denver Nuggets can do in the game. But, yeah, Lee, anything to add on MPJ there? Uh, no, just that you just have to look at his numbers and, uh, and the way that he has been moving around on the court to show that he probably has been bothered by this for most of the season. Uh, you know, 20% from downtown. Doesn't get to the free throw. He doesn't get to the free throw line all that much. Uh, but that, to me, suggests that there there probably is something that's been bothering him. And now when I do look back at that play that we did highlight the other day and him sort of trotting back, I have a bit more sympathy for him now because sure. he probably... Uh, he it, probably tweaked back. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, knowing that now that he's out, it's like, okay, maybe this, this has been bothering him for a while. Okay, let's hit the beach and answer a few of your questions. little beach stepping here on a Wednesday. Keep sending in your cues. No dunks at theathletic.com if you want to email them in or you can tweet them in at no dunks inc. That's INC or drop them in the YouTube comments below any of our videos. Our uh, first one here. It's a fun one. Hello, no dunks. The first nickname I heard for Gary Payton II was the mitten. But recently he said he likes young glove. So despite how fun <laughs> it is to say mitten, I will respect his wishes and call him Young Glove. But it got me wondering, what are nicknames someone almost had that you wished had stuck? Turn Up Guy is awesome. That's from Brett in San Francisco. Thanks for the fun email there, Lee. I know we tweeted out this question mm. too and got some great responses uh, this morning from some of the people out there. But what do you have, Lee? Well, I've got a couple here. The first one is a name, a nickname that I gave to a player uh, that even I've forgotten about, really. And that's Luka Doncic. He was the donk. Uh, even Maria Taylor on game time one night uh, called and said, oh, the donk is going off during the playoffs. So I thought, wow, it is starting to catch on. Right. But uh, that was it. I think, oh, actually, since then, I don't even really call him the dog, so I'm not sure how it's going to stick. But uh, I still think it could work for him. So It's it's difficult because he has such a great first name. Mm. You know, mm. if his name was Paul, <laughs> if his name was Paul Doncic, then, okay, now you're maybe trying to do something with that second name. Uh, but Luca, it's just yeah. it's such a great name. Yeah. 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 Luca Magic, yeah. yeah. Wonder so. Boy. I'm not He's a fan of Luca Magic, I'll say. No? Nah, that's too lazy to me. Same reason I'm not a big fan of Joker. Joker. Uh, Jokic being called Joker. Oh my God. Jesus, are you okay? <laughs> no, man. No, that's the problem. Literally, all these people are doing is saying, oh, these sound the same. Here's a nickname for you. Mm. 
Ridiculous. Okay. Like, yeah. same as, like, naming uh, Goran Dragic the dragon. Yeah. Right. Just Got to have a little bit more creativity similar. here. That's why Big Honey should have stuck for Nikola Jokic rather than the Joker or the Joker, yeah. if you were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, Tass? He's a Joker. Uh, I, well, I, I'm upset with Gary Payton II not wanting the mitten. Uh, it's it's a great nickname. It's pretty good. I know he doesn't like it uh, because it's you know, it's just a, a lesser version of a glove. Uh, I can understand why he's not smitten with the mitten, but uh, yeah, young glove. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. No. The mitten, the and a word is good. You know, the glove. Yeah. The yeah. mitten. You're yeah, not going to be young forever either. GP too. I hate to break it. To he'll you, always be younger than. He'll always really be younger. Than than <laughs> I guess. Young glove. Time. I mean, Time it's cool. Weird. It sounds like a rapper's name. It doesn't sound like a basketball player's name. Yeah. Okay. IMO. Anyway, um, yeah, we always sit around the office. Where's Wancho? Wancho Hernan Gomez. Where's Wancho? I love Where's Waldo this time of year. I love looking around for Wancho Hernan Gomez. And, and <laughs> this he's, time good. of the year? Hold on. What do you mean? <laughs> this time of the year you like Where's Waldo? Or yeah. Where's Wancho? He's a Christmas. Waldo's a Christmas guy. <laughs> I never thought of Waldo as a Christmas guy. Why red is and, that? Red and white. Uh, <laughs> you're sitting around. A hat, I guess. The hat. The, yeah, hat, the Santa, Santa kind of hat. You're around family around the holidays. You need things to do. Oh, let's pop open a book. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, where's Waldo? Yeah, my my Zoe likes my daughter really likes Waldo. So I'm, I'm you know, Wancho hasn't turned into enough of a player to have a great nickname, but I'm still looking for Wancho. Where's Wancho? Uh, uh, Nate Robinson. His nickname was Crypto Nate. He was just like ten years too early. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he would have been good. Lots of lots of sponsorships. Lots of uh, crypto. Currency sponsorships would have come his way, I think. Maybe he's boxing. I don't know. And uh, Jorts Harrelson. Josh Harrelson is nicknamed Jorts. <laughs> yeah. I think he could have connected with Lee a little bit. You know, I guess, Lee, you don't wear jean shorts, though, do you? Not really, no. No, <laughs> just shorts. John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think jean shorts are back. You what? tell me, Trey. I'm okay with them. I think if you have a little full, little cuff on the bottom... You can rock them, but if, but if you're a standard John Cena guy, nah. Like uh, if you don't have a cuff, not cool. Yeah, John up. Cena shorts. I don't want to see them at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can pull off a nice jean short. How do y'all feel about Andrew Wiggins being Maple Jordan? Take that one back. I've oh, always yeah. hated that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Ugh. If I'm being completely honest, this guy doesn't even feel Canadian to me. He doesn't want to play for the Canadian <laughs> team. It's like, yeah, he's sort of dead to me in that sense, being a Canadian. <laughs> All right, uh, then so we'll, no, we'll no. go to his second nickname on Basketball Reference, Junior Jordan. Oof. Going hard any, on the any, Jordans. Any Jordan Wiggins. has never worked out all that well for <laughs> nah. anyone, really. Uh, nah. Shout out to Harold Miner. I think, and I saw somebody say this in the stream team, and I saw someone respond to the tweet we threw out, and I think it is a good one. At TribeYT, I saw on Twitter say, Durantula was always the perfect nickname for a player that never truly caught on in my eyes. With KD's spidery frame and Stone Cold Killer game, a spider-based nickname made sense and it sounded cool. Slim Reaper was another KD one that was great. And then Triby wrote, I think he rejected both though. And I think that is true. At least I remember Slim Reaper him not wanting any part of. I think the same was true with uh, Durantula because I remember blogging about Durantula back for mm. Ball Don't Lie way back when. I thought it was fantastic. I still think it's a great nickname for him, especially uh, suits sort of his, uh, his body size and how long and wiry he is. But yeah, he didn't want anything to do with it. And then I remember Trey, maybe you can back me up on this, 
I will. Didn't somebody sue, like, somebody was threatening to sue Durant for Durantula because he was like a he was like an 80s guitar player that said he had it. <laughs> you remember this? Yeah, I do think there are some stories deep yeah. in the BDL archive about that one. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Kevin Durant didn't like Slim Reaper because it had death connotations, yeah, right? Yeah. Durantula, perhaps he's scared of spiders. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't want a spooky nickname. Um, so we just call him KD. Yeah, yeah, we really do. Craft like, dinner. Even Easy Money Sniper, I guess, is sort of his, uh, what, social media yeah. handles. But we don't really call him that. He is just KD. But Durantula, Lee, were you a fan yeah. of that? Yes, I, mean, I was. It's good. Yeah, I, I think it's great. It's way better than just KD because that's like when everyone was just like their first initial and their first four letters of their surname, you know, C-Web and J-Kid. Well, Mac. that's his whole, yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. Yours yeah, would everyone. be LL. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good, wow. actually. Yeah, LL. Yeah, you, you yeah. Uh, with cool a cool J. J. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you? Do you I like believe, them actually. That's great. Yeah. Do you believe your nickname has uh, stuck around, Lee? It was E Dog, right? Is that what you were going with for a while? <laughs> you put my, that on back of jerseys. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. my uh, All Star nickname. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, it sort of is stuck. <laughs> uh, the other ones I saw that I like just quickly. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any more, but I loved uh, Frankie Smokes for Frank Nilekina, yeah. and and I mean it's on his basketball reference page, but it, no one really calls him that. But it's great and uh, a classic. If you've been a longtime fan of the show, the Basketball Jones, way back in the day, Manu Ginobili as the Pooh God <laughs> is uh, just uh, really, really fun. The Pooh God. So, yeah. yeah. Those are the only one that, one that I didn't know until I saw the uh, response this morning that I loved was Bobby Yesura. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance to get a Bobby Sura line in a show is what worth it. What was the nick? So. Yesura? Yes. Bobby Yesura. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure yeah, a lot of... A lot of people, a lot of Bobby Sura haters would have called him Bobby Basura. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, anything else, guys? I know we, we could probably do like a whole hour on this, but any other nicknames <laughs> you want? Sure. To I actually, this one always makes me laugh from Yusuf. Fast Peepy for oh, yeah. Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> I, I hated that one. I really <laughs> Just a quick did, Fast Peepy here. I'm not going to say it, but did anyone see the nickname for Jonathan Kaminga? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I, I did it. <laughs> And you can't say it? I don't want to yeah. say it. But, okay. Uh, That's I'll from tell, our man. I'll, that was our man, up. Kenny Beecham. That's him. That's, Kenny okay. Beecham came up with Oh, that did he? For, yeah. There's a video of him for sure. Saying oh, wow. It. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. It does suck for KD. I think for KD, if the nicknames came up now and he's mellowed out a little bit, he would have been cool with it. I think he was just mad at the world back then. Like, he, mm. he you know, he's just... He just was mad at everybody. He had the burners. He's going at people. In the interview that he had with... Uh, Charles Barkley on TNT kind of said, you know, Charles, why don't you have social media? Charles like, I hate it. And Katie's like, I like it. You know, it, he he used to hate it. And if it came around now, he would have picked something else other than KD. And, and Dave Letterman wouldn't be asking him, hey, why is your nickname KD? Which was great. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot that <laughs> happened. <laughs> that was weird. Okay, let's yeah. uh, oh, hold let, on. Let, Remember when uh, Big Baby Davis tried to change his nickname? He tried to be like 1-1 one, one for a little bit because he was wearing 11 and he didn't like being known as a big, big baby big anymore. Baby. <laughs> but I think he's, I think he is Big Baby Davis on 
Twitter now, isn't it? He used to be, yeah. Yeah, at a certain point, you just have to. Yeah, yeah. You just have to embrace the nickname, even if you don't like it. I, I yeah. mean, it's good for your branding, especially after you're done playing. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember that though. I'll be honest. I don't remember him trying to Gotta check push the, the one one. He was the ticket <laughs> stop. I remember. Um, oh, Boston. because Kevin Garnett was yeah. the, uh, the ticket, big yeah. ticket. Yeah, <laughs> the ticket stop. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got one more cue here, Tess. Hey, no crux. I saw a video where the Thunder roster was gifted their new City Edition uniforms. It's no surprise that the players all seem to like and even loves a sponsor, the New Jersey. But SGA said something that literally made my mouth drop. He said, this might be my favorite Thunder jersey for sure. Bullshit. There's no way Trey's undershirt is his favorite Thunder jersey. Yes, it does resemble an undershirt. It's <laughs> right. all white. I refuse to believe it. I think he went above and beyond with his praise to preserve the feelings of the Thunder higher-ups. He's a nice guy like that. When have you received a gift you really didn't like all that much, but lied about it to preserve the gift giver's feelings? Turn up, love you guys. Awesome. Keep up the awesome work. Best podcast in the game. Thank you, Alex Horton. Skeets, you got an answer for this one? You lied about it. How much you loved a gift? Yeah, a little bit of a story time here. Nora threw me uh, a 40th birthday party at our old house, the uh, ugly house on Kenmore by the KFC. And I started opening some gifts. I got salt and pepper shaker set and a firefighter pug calendar. And then I opened my gift um, from my friend Lev, who was over. Small wreath. That's all it was. Tiny little wreath. <laughs> and I like, sort of played it off like, okay, thanks, Lev. He could see that I was skeptical a little bit, though I told him I liked it. I tried to make that very clear. I was lying. That wasn't enough for Lev, though, and he wanted the gift receipt back. And I tried to play it off, and the party kept going, trying to open more gifts. He wouldn't let it go. If you love it as much as you say you do, and as much as you have been saying, then it shouldn't be a problem if I take the receipt back. So... I eventually just gave up. I gave the receipt back to Lev. And then Lee, he ate it. Oh. He straight up ate it. Very weird, right? Oh. But, oh, it gets crazier. He then started to say he was feeling sick, like he was going to puke like Anthony Davis. And he said, Lee, not because he ate a gift receipt, he said it was because I had mud pie on my hands. That I had shit on my yeah. hands. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Which was true. I used too small a slice, okay? In the shitter. So, so, so things got so intensely, I suddenly had our other friend, Melissa. She was eating another gift receipt to see if the paper was making Lev sick or my shitty hands. She was fine in the end. What is everybody, going on with everybody, this story? <laughs> Everybody freaked out. Rick was screaming something about my house being covered head to toe and shit. A cake got flipped over. The entire party left. And then, to top it off, my friend Lev died. <laughs> so I guess the moral of the story is, Lee, the next time you receive a gift you don't like all that much, don't lie. Could kill your friend. And also use more paper towel when you're wiping your ass. I don't know if this is 
True or not? I can't. I, does Skeets? Does your friend Lev? Does he eat paper a lot, or is yes. it like this was not a one-time thing? He's eating <laughs> he paper put, all the time, and he, he, I, he says he he says he ate it all the time. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace. But yeah, hmm. uh, yeah, weird, eh, Lily? It's crazy. So that's the wow. one time, and what? it was a wreath. I didn't even I didn't like the wreath, and I should have I shouldn't have lied. That's the that's the the moral of the story. <laughs> Don't eat paper, I think, is the moral of the story, really. Uh, I also, mean, also uh, good. <laughs> how, did the par- how did the party go after um, after the receipt practice? Did everybody stick around? No, no, no. I said everybody oh, left. Right. They, went to, they were going to go to Lev's house, but he died on the way. So. Mm. Tough one. Uh, anyone else have an answer? <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> I'm confused, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, dead. let's just take a final break. Yeah. And Skeets yeah. doesn't touch it! <laughs> we'll take our final break, and when we come back, we got Tweet of the Night and pick up results. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, back with no dunks here. Just to, to circle back to that story, Lee, the worst part, if I'm being honest, was right before Lev, Lev, excuse me, left and then unfortunately died later that night, is he said, nobody liked my house anyway. <laughs> and that really, really, that I'll stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. And that's why we moved. Mm. Yeah. I missed that old house on Kenmore, the KFC sign that you could see through the front window. Uh, let's get to tweet of the night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. JD, tweet of the night. What do you got? Yeah, so um, to tonight's tweet, or last night's tweet of the night actually comes from a fan of the show, Jacob Ruggiero. And uh, Jacob had a little bit of criticism for us. Uh, he says, I was pretty disappointed with No Dunks today. They didn't even reference the news that Vin Diesel made a public plea for Dwayne Johnson to return to the franchise. I thought this was a Fast and Furious podcast with some basketball on the side. Wow, Jacob, you are absolutely right. Uh, we totally whiffed it on that one. Um, we we, uh, we did 10 episodes, 10 over two hour episodes of 
every Fast and Furious movie, including Hobbs and Shaw. And it's uh, it's actually shocking that this hasn't come up before now. Uh, and Jacob, of course, is referring to the olive branch that the Vin Diesel extended to his quote unquote little brother, Dwayne. <laughs> And uh, here's what he says. I'll read a little bit of it. Um, what a fucking weirdo. Oh, this to, like, I mean, it's very strange. My, uh, so this is, this is how it, it ends, basically. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo. Pablo is, uh, is Paul Walker for the uninitiated. I swore we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale that is 10. What a weird sentence. I say this out of love. <laughs> but you must show up. Do not leave the franchi- let leave the franchise idle. Nice pun. Uh, you have a very important role to play. Hobbs can't be pay- played by no other. I hope you re- rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. Wow. <laughs> Now listen, when we finished uh, when we finished uh, Fast Fast Nine was with the final one we did. I mean, I was very much in the camp that The Rock is not coming back. He said over the over the summer, I'm not coming back. So this is like, I don't know if this is just a uh, like a delayed response to that comment. Like it's weird timing, but I will say they're starting to shoot Fast Ten. It's actually two two movies back to back. They're starting to shoot in January, so we're talking two months. Like, are you telling me that Hobbs is in the script and The Rock has said that he's not coming back? I mean, what is going on here? I mean, like this. I mean, it's supposed the movie is supposed to come out uh, April seventh, twenty twenty three. I mean, I don't see how this is going to happen. But uh, okay, JD, uh, I have a question. What would be funnier? Uh, to you for these, you know, if it's a two-part movie. So Hobbs written into the script, mm-hmm. but somebody else playing him entirely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Could be funny. Yeah. <laughs> or or would you prefer if he, if the rock is like absolutely not doing it and why would you want to work with this weirdo uh, anymore? I don't know. But if he did it, would you rather just like they write him out of the script and like oh, Hobbs is not in it? I mean, yeah. <sighs> I think that has to be the latter. Like you have to write him out. Like you have to kill Hobbs yeah. somehow. But nobody ever dies in this franchise. So I mean, who knows? Who knows? But okay. uh, um, can you show the photo again too? He, <laughs> he photoshopped this, did he not? There's like a, there's something. His head is extended back like an alien, <laughs> like the, like alien from Aliens, right? Like I yeah. like I feel like he's made himself hat. bigger. Yeah. Yeah, to, to go eye to eye. It's a Photoshop. Yeah. yeah, he needs so. Canva for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fix this up. Not looking. Are you telling me there's a script for these movies? Well, <laughs> I, I think he may just it's be able to show up on set, yeah, wing maybe. it, figure it out. Mm-hmm. I like this okay. idea idea from Jules, who said they just introduced a new character named Bob's, played by Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually uh, not no a bad surprise. Idea. Yeah, no surprise to see Vin come crawling back. He knows. He knows he needs Dwayne around, his little brother Dwayne. He must love being the older one between those two because obviously The Rock is bigger than Vin Diesel is. But he's like, sorry, you're five years younger, still my little brother, and you send me Christmas presents. Yeah. 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 It's uh, And like, I'm not spoiling anything. I know some of you maybe uh, listened or watched all of our Fast Friends uh, podcast through the summer where we did every movie. But F9 was by far the worst. Oh, yeah. 
by miles. I mean, it was bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> Which is saying something, because these are not, you know, Oscar-worthy movies here. Uh, but they look a lot better compared to F9. So, oh, totally. yeah, we'll see. We'll, okay, bet man, Trey. Is The Rock going to be in? 100% okay. he's going to be in. I said yeah. it in our last podcast. I think yeah. you're right. He's going to be back. There's no doubt. He has to come back. Everybody comes back. <laughs> and I got to say, I also said in that podcast... Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto needs to die in Fast 10. That's yeah. the only way it makes sense as an ending. So 100%. I would lock both of them in because if you talk about it on the internet, it happens in a Fast and Furious movie. You don't need a script. <laughs> Who cares? Right. Two, yeah. two months? That's two months to actually figure out what they're doing before they start filming. Yeah, I, t- I fell down a total rabbit hole here and I got into the Giselle uh, the, is Giselle <laughs> coming back? Uh, who, of oh, course, is Gal Gadot's uh, character and... Uh, I was just like, what if she comes back like uh, Idris Elba's character, like super bionic? Like, I mean, she's got to, right? That has to happen too. Like, there's these theories that Mr. Nobody faked her death somehow. I'd like to see that retcon. That is something that I would like to see explained how she fell off a car that was riding on a plane. I mean, he just caught her, scooped her up. I, I said it at the time on that podcast. Like, why are we to believe that she's dead? Oh. Nobody dies. Right. We haven't even seen so, her body. Han no. we saw actually blow up, but Giselle yeah. just faded off into the darkness, man. Yeah, no, she's coming back. They're all coming back. <laughs> I can't stop looking at Vin Diesel's head now in this Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like Alien. <laughs> it's so long. It's weird. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> Why didn't somebody do that for? Why didn't somebody Photoshop yeah, no it for? No doubt, him? there's got to be a better I, Photoshop out there. Yeah, I agree that he is coming back because I, I don't think this would actually be a public plea where you would call someone your little brother and expect him to accept. You know, this is just publicity. <laughs> hey, little bro, yeah, maybe. come back on. Why would the Rock want to be called little bro to Vin? Mm. Doesn't yeah, jive. It, it, another reason he's coming back. I mean, the Rock, obviously a world famous wrestler. Everybody comes back in wrestling. Always. You always come back. You're never retired. You're never done. Even though you said you are. Nope. You'll be back hosting a WrestleMania or starring in the car at WrestleMania. So, like, yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. I love this comment from Alex G. Sure. In his contract, he has to have a longer head than I mean, you, you joke, Alex, but that might be in there. Uh, My short-headed brother, Dwayne. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we got it in. Way to go, JD. Little we, brother, we, we, little. We were a little slow to it, but we got it in. Okay, let's get to pick em results brought to you by BetMGM from last night. It was that Bucks sixers game. Line was Milwaukee favored by six and a half, so they had to win by seven or more. I don't know about you guys. I did watch this whole thing. It was fun having a little juice on the game uh, with our line here. And I'm like, oh, I think the Sixers might cover. Looked like the Sixers might win the game at one point. Yeah. Thought they might cover, but they didn't in the end. So the one time we all took Milwaukee, we all got it right. So congrats to everybody here. Lee goes to 6-1. and one, Tass 5-2. and two. I'm finally above 500 at 4-3. and three, And Trey is 3-4. and four. Tonight's game, Tass, I uh, haven't even looked at the schedule, but I'm assuming there's a ton on. Where are we going? There is. I decided to go with the big line, and I was worried that all four of us were going to take the same team again. Pre-show, it felt like everyone was taking the Brooklyn Nets as they visit the Orlando Magic, even though they're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The three of us chimed in on Slack. Skeets, myself, and Lee. 
who threw in a wand because we're taking the magic because we don't yeah. think the Brooklyn Nets can win by 10 points. That's fair. The Nets are yeah, uh, wishy-washy. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Betray the fourth one, Swerve. Why do you think the Nets will win by double digits in Orlando tonight, Trey? Yeah, that's a big chunk of cheese right there, so I'm leaning into the bean because I don't feel like Orlando is going to be able to punish Brooklyn where they are weakest, which would be inside. I know they play a lot of tall guys, the Magic do, but... Cole Anthony is really what drives them, and I would just, uh, feels like the Nets are going to want a little bit of a bounce back after the loss against the Bulls. I thought it was I thought it was strictly because you wanted to prove that the Bulls are back. So if the Bulls beat Brooklyn, I mean, they're just by far and away the best team in the league. So Brooklyn's going to smash the Magic by 20. But I think it'll be fun for, you know, some... It's a league pass game, I assume, but uh, people got to watch the magic a little bit. They're fun. They're fun. Cole and Franz and Mo. They got some players. <laughs> Cole right. and Franz and Mo. Hopefully you're watching Nets Magic. Uh, Brooklyn's got to win by 10 or more for Trey to get that W. Otherwise, uh, everybody else will get the victory. So good luck, good luck, good luck to you. Okay, we'll call it there. Fun show. Uh, a little I think you should leave and then a little fast and furious talk uh, email us no dunks at the keep your questions coming never know when we're going to step on the beach hit us up on twitter at no dunks inc or drop a comment below this vid grab yourself an athletic subscription go to theathletic.com slash no dunks I will say for you survivor heads out there you know there's a lot of games on tonight also mm. a new episode of survivor and we obviously have the No Buffs um, Survivor podcast that we do. Trey, JD, Jason, Concepcion, and myself. We're going to be going live tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern on the No Buffs YouTube channel. So a little bit earlier than normal. We're usually 5.30. We're going at 4 p.m. Eastern if you want to join us live. And then we'll flip that around into a podcast that will be available on that separate feed as well. Very excited for tonight's episode and all the NBA action, which we'll be back tomorrow to talk about in detail until then clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us it's uh 11 eastern my wife just texted me because we have a 12 o'clock appointment and she said i think you should lev right now <laughs> so gotta go embrace the day people As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.